In this video, we're going to go over a little history. I think it's really important for us to get back to our roots. Why is this important? Because there's been a huge separation uh, between us, our ancestors, our beliefs, and things have been distorted. This is worldwide. This is not going to be a black thing or a white thing. We have to understand that we are all different races and we come from all different ends of the globe. And our teachings, our lore, our ancestors' teachings have been mistreated, abused, and misused. All right, so I'm going to read something here to you guys, and I hope that going through this video will teach us a little bit, and then we can get into the witchcraft part. This is going to make a lot of sense to us. So as we try to put all of this together, let's do this visually. This is a video where I'm going to show you a few things, some things you may already know. Discovering the presence of the divinities in the world and understanding why monotheistic religions separated the divine from our world. The disconnected world we are living in today in a world that has become disconnected from the sacred and the divine. Monotheistic religions have suffered the direct relationship that existed in the pagan world between the believers and their gods. The monotheist chiefs use their dogmas as weapons to gain supremacy over pagans and their world. Theurgists use many ways to reach the gods, the existence of a divine principle above the spiritual ladder, which is impossible to define, which uh, was accepted without rejecting the notion of the sacredness in the world. So from the beginning of humanity, gods and goddesses have spoken with people who are trained to receive their messages. This was the birth of what is known today as sacred books. Paganism, including theurgy, has teachings that offer students fundamental information about the philosophical and ritual processes. However, you must learn why all sacred books are not equivalent and why some of them are even dangerous. To do this, you must first learn how to recognize validity of divine revelations. Um, so this is a book I'm going to actually put the link in our resources. Uh, Jean-Louis uh, Jean de Biasi, uh, 33rd degree Mason, uh, Freemason. The book is Rediscover the Magic of the Gods and the Goddesses, Revealing the Mysteries of Theurgy. This is a very good book if you want to learn basically everything about history and how that ties into magic. Um, most of the rituals in the book are based on uh, the god Thoth. So you guys might want to take a look at that. I'll put the links down below. Let's get to the next part of this video. So we're not going to make this a religious thing, but it's good to know about religion because a lot of the things that you are doing um, as you are sharing this with your friends and your family, they're going to start questioning your religion. And it's best to kind of know a couple of things. All right. Um, I have pulled off of different podcast platforms where people like to get in argument arguments with me about you know where religion comes from and they want to start questioning and the reason I did that is because I don't need anything to separate me from my beliefs but let's talk about religion here it has an example religion the belief in and worship of God 
or of a god or gods uh, or any such system of beliefs and worship. So uh, it kind of breaks down here. Where are religions distributed? Uh, why do religions have different distribution? Why do uh, religious organize space in uh, distinctive patterns? So we're going to do a quick brief overview. Um, we're not really going to take that long. This is a sixth grade social studies uh, curriculum, which is funny because I actually don't remember my curriculum being uh, very truthful as this one is. But anyway, religion was central to Mesopotamians as they believed the divine affected every aspect of human life. Mesopotamians were polytheistic. Polytheistic means that they worshiped several major gods and thousands of minor gods. Okay. And then it lets you know where they are from. Uh, I'll go ahead and put in a link below so you guys can understand what polytheistic is so we can, you know, do more research and study on Sumeria, the Babylonian cultures, and you know, where how re religion was started. Now we must remember that all cultures have their own story of how the world was created and made and how religion was started. So um, you may want to do a little more research on that. This is just one particular story. Of course, we got this golden age, the bronze age, the silver age, the Mesopotamians, the Egyptians, the Greeks, you know, so you might want to go ahead and it all depends on the person. It all depends on where you come from and what you believe in. Nobody is wrong. We do know that the world was created by some either some superhumans or some beings from another planet, but we'll get back into that in a minute. So as we're rolling through this, we do know the history of ancient Egypt and uh, different things that they did. A lot of people like to study the Book of the Dead. Um, as a practitioner, I must tell you, I have studied certain things. Uh, the Book of the Dead is very, very heavy and the rituals are very, very heavy. A lot of people like to dabble into this without even, you know, really trying to follow the, uh, the ways or the moral ways of, you know, um, you know, the, the different values and morals that they lived by and they just want to dabble. We got to be really careful when we think about the sacred books. Um, there are certain things that we may think we're ready for certain things we're not. So, um, you know, just be very weary on, you know, what you're studying and how you're practicing. Uh, because I can tell you, this is one culture that is very heavy and they were the ones that were the gods, uh, and people were able to directly communicate with them on a day in day out basis, um, during those particular times. But I want to turn the tables to another part of this teaching, which is about how, uh, you know, our gods and goddesses and our beliefs were separated. And there is one particular person that I want to talk about really quick. And that's going to kind of tie into what happened with paganism. So as I'm kind of shading through history, I'm trying to get you guys to the point of where we start talking about witchcraft, but certain things are kind of important for us to know. So everything has some kind of beginning, but in a case like this, uh, a beginning point is hard to establish in historical fact. Many of the original resources that a historian uses were lost 
through time and ignorance and then by the deliberate destruction of writings deemed heretical in the early history of Christianity. This was particularly so at the time of its political union with the Roman Empire under the Emperor Constantine in the year 313 when thousands of sacred and esoteric writings were gathered and destroyed in order to create a single approved public text that we all know now today as the Bible. The goal was to create a theocracy through control of a rigid theology and institution to manipulate the people, the agents of the emperor and the church fathers were very successful in this, so successful that it still stands today. But now many of us, we are ready to break free from all of that and get back to our roots. What happens? Well, our ancestors and our guides start to contact us through dreams, uh, through different things that go on in our lives where we start to say, wait, hold on now. That can't just be the only way. Is there just only one way? And we start to find out as adults that there were some things that our parents didn't teach us or didn't let us know about for some of us. That's not all. Some of us, our parents let us know about everything. The gods, the goddesses, uh, the Anunnaki, you know, different beings that were here. Um, but for most of us that were raised in the church, uh, it was a very one-sided uh, way of living or growing up until we were able to, you know, think about different things and open and expand our minds. So as people are opening and expanding their minds, we have, um, you know, these different beliefs like the Baha'i, uh, which believes that all of the religions are up under one God or it is the same God, uh, which is still kind of Christian faith, uh, but, you know, on one level. So we have, you know, different people practicing different things or making their own religions, but still trying to stay at least up under the umbrella of a one God. God faith. So luckily for us, not all has been lost, right? So let's talk about uh, a couple of different groups. Uh, shamanism, shamans, where do shamans come from? Shamans come from North Europe and parts of Northern Asia. And what do they do? Well, they are healers, prophets, diviners, uh, and custodians of religious mythology, all right, um, especially present in the traditional aboriginal religion. So, you know, uh, there are a lot of people that are holding on or uh, making sure that shamanism or shamanistic, uh, you know, healing practices never fall away. You know, these are our ancestors, all right? So this is really good. Now let's talk about who else is still upholding traditional beliefs? So pagan traditions were practiced in South Africa, including Wicca, contemporary witchcraft, also Druidry. Okay, so Wicca and contemporary witchcraft are the predominant traditions practiced and the majority of South African pagans also identify themselves as Wiccans or witches, actually, just to let you guys know, also neo-paganism in South Africa that still uphold these traditions, the old ways, all right? So also in the Euro-Indigenous cultures, Celtic, 
paganism was one of a larger group of the Iron Age polytheistic religions of Europe. According to Greek and Roman accounts, Britain and Ireland had a priestly case of magical religious specialists known as the Jewits. So they are also still to this day upholding their traditional roots. So now let's look at another topic and talk about these witch trials, right? This was going on all over, actually all over the world, just to let you guys know. It wasn't even just in Europe, also in Africa as well. Uh, the witch trials, the burning of the witches, drowning of the witches, and some of them weren't even witches, right? Most of them were not. They were just women. Um, a lot of uh, Euro European women uh, got murdered. Some men as well were brutally murdered. Uh, and it was like a, a mass killing that was going on for many, many, many years. So we'll get into that right now. So there's a lot to think about here. Uh, as far as in Europe, the European witch hunts have a long timeline gaining momentum during the 16th century and continuing for more than two hundred years. Uh, there were so many people that were killed in Europe, most of them being women. All right. So most of Europe had abolished the witch trials by the end of the 18th century. All right. And that so <laughs> we're talking about from like the 14th century to the 18th century. That is a very, very long time. All right. And this is why uh, most people still do like to make sure that they go uh, visit Salem and, you know, go to the graveyards, give their, um, you know, give offerings and and think about uh, most of the women who got killed. Uh, some women tried, you know, some women stood up for themselves as well. You guys could look up stories um, or at least, you know, try to stand up for they, themselves. Uh, but those beliefs have not been forgotten. Those witches have not been forgotten. Those women who weren't even witches have not been forgotten as well. So there's many people who their bloodlines are tied to, um, you know, a few people back then, including uh, Gerald Gardner as well. And uh, a few other, you know, authors and writers that have done their research or DNA and history and found out that one of their, you know, great, 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 great grandmothers was uh, somebody who, you know, uh, had been hurt or killed during the witch trials as well. So many of us do know about the witchcraft acts, but if you didn't, I'm going to go ahead and let you know. So we're talking we're still talking about Europe here, but before the famous witchcraft act of 1603, there was a patchwork of legislation across England, Wales, Scotland, and Ireland, which sought to control magic and witchcraft. All right. So this was the first, this was the first act, uh, against conjurations and witchcraft. All right. So this was basically set in stone, uh, by Henry the eighth. I'm going to show you guys what he looks like, because, uh, if you, if you look him up, um, 
<laughs> if you do your research on this guy, you'll see why his life was such a disaster, but he was putting in a lot of laws. He was setting stuff in stone and uh, his life was in shambles. I think it was just karma. Hey, you know, threefold karma law. But uh, before we get off topic, so this was one person that set something in stone and you guys can look that up. But there were many others as well. So I'm going to tell you guys about one other person that tried to put a witchcraft act in stone before it was overturned. So let's jump forward here a little bit. Now we have a witchcraft suppression act of 1957 of South Africa. All right. So it states that another has used supernatural forces to cause disease or damage or names another as a wizard. All right. So anybody that basically says this person is a witch or this person is a wizard, this is in South Africa. Okay. Or anybody that professes to have knowledge of witchcraft or tells anyone how to bewitch or injure another person or thing or acts as a witch doctor giving people advice or pretends to exercise supernatural powers. Now, who made this suppression act? Let's look at him now. So none other than Charles Roberts Swart, all right, nicknamed Blackie, <laughs> was a South African politician who served as the last governor general of the Union of South Africa from 1959 to 1961. He was the first state president that, um, you know, put this witchcraft suppression act in force. So you guys are getting a little, this is worldwide, the hate against our ancestors and their traditions. This is worldwide. This is once again, why I told you this is not a black thing or a white thing. We're also going to get into Wicca and then we're also going to get into hoodoo. We need to realize what's really going on. We haven't talked about uh, the other cultures yet. Aztec cultures, Native Americans, we know what happened with them. Uh, you know, the Norse and, and the Euro indigenous cultures, what happened with those stories. This is all around the world, you guys. So now what happened? So South African Pagan Rights Alliance. So after years of lobbying by pagan groups in the country of South African Law Reform Commission has determined that the portions uh, of the nation's Witchcraft Suppression Act are unconstitutional. Witches should be able to identify themselves as such. All right as well as practice divination all right so however the proposed replacement law still has its problems according to the members of south african pagan rights alliance so this still is um this still is an ongoing type thing all right and as you guys know a lot of africans are christians and in my hoodoo part of um our studies, I will explain how that came about in the country of Africa. So just a little history, I will leave uh, some links and some handouts, some PDF files 
uh, to these suppression acts in case you didn't know about them. And uh, let's go ahead and get into Wicca because now we're talking about a new age movement that used some of the old ways and gathered it into one structural practice.